This week's show is going to be a bit different. Uh, this is going to be a remastered episode from when we first started. Uh, we have uh, substantially more listeners than we did before, so just giving you guys a brief history of uh, how we got here. Uh, if you want some more remastered episodes from our first 10 or so episodes, uh, let us know. Uh, until then, enjoy the show, and uh, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Professional Awesome Racing's Hypercritical Radio. I'm Hayden Lowe, and I'll be your host for today. I'm joined by... Mike Lewin. Devin Giles. Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> God. You're holding back Mike from games. He's about to start flipping I shit up. <laughs> what? No, we can go with that, yeah. Oh, we're yeah. going yep, with it. Yep. it oh, we're going with it. Don't, don't going. worry. So, don't worry. We're, okay. we're, we're already there for another episode of Racing Related Chat. So, first off, this weekend is the 24 Hours of Le Mans. I intend to watch it this weekend. Uh, does anyone else intend to watch it? Here, Here's my two cents. This, this is Daniel oh. speaking. Really? I'm going to jump right in. It sounds like the coolest thing in the world, and it sounds like something I absolutely always want to watch. And every year I get super excited, like, oh, sh- this awesome race is coming up. It's going to be the coolest. And then I watch about like 10 minutes, and I don't know why, but that's all I ever do. I'm hyped on all the cars and the technology and a lot of the drivers. Um, but it just, a 24-hour wa- race is hard to watch. <laughs> so... I mean, I'd love for people to give us feedback on that that actually do watch it. Like, how are you possibly into it? Because my attention span is is not that long. I tend to get two to three hours out of uh, the 24 hours. I, I, I tend to watch the first hour, see how the field spreads, see where cars perform, and then I'll normally zone out and then come towards the end of the race. I tend to watch the last two hours. Uh, and then in the middle of the day, I might I might uh, come in and out of the race, or I'll watch a review. But that's that's about my extent of it. I like there's there's some when when certain classes just take off or certain cars just completely take off from other competitors. It's 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 definitely harder to watch. The attention span is is not there to watch somebody just run away with the race. But some of the closer racing I enjoy watching. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I am one of the few car people that enjoy football and football starts back tomorrow and I will not be watching anything Le Mans. It's, and even when it comes on, you said Le Mans. Just, we know you're not watching it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anywho, my it just man. becomes background. <laughs> I'm done. Whatever. Don't care. Football's on. <laughs> Fuck cars in. Wow. Wow. Sit on the duck. Wow. At least I'm honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. How about you, Mike? I watch about two hours generally. Yeah, that's about. If it's raining, I watch more. That's fair. Yeah, because Pretty I mean, quiet. it always rains. You want to see cars crash? No, because I want to see what it, the arrow is doing and how the cars interact with each other. Mm. That's when I. That's when I'm watching it. I yeah. like. Oh, I like watching enough. the crazy hybrid cars that come out every year. Somebody's got some crazy hybrid. Yeah. The rolling roadblocks. <laughs> <laughs> It, that kind of stuff, yeah, I get it. You know, bring out something, but some of that stuff is bothersome to me. I feel like it's it's Wait, it, the different speeds are terrifying. What are these rolling roadblocks? That's the hybrids are like the fastest cars there. No, no, I mean the experimentals that aren't that aren't oh, in class. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's fair. 
Yeah, I was gonna not say the, not the not the ones that are no no not like the Porsche LMP1. that takes it away. Yeah, yeah. Toyota. No, no, I'm not I'm not talking about like LMP1 and such. I'm talking about I'm talking about those experimentals not out of classes. You know the what is it called? Continuing technology or emerging technology class? What do they call that thing? I can't even remember. Anyway, moving on. Those cars scare me. That's fair. All right. So, moving on here, the next thing was simply how did everyone become a car person? Like where where did where did we where did we start? That was the question for today. So, I want to start with Devin cuz I know hardly anything about how Devin started in the car scene. Well, I was a street racer to be honest with you. Uh, in Mexico? my dad Mexico. Yeah, 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 Mexico. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to call it these days. Um, yeah, so my dad was always big into it back when I was young. So probably from eight till high school, we did a lot of stuff in Mexico with various cars. Right? With your dad, and, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad had a 69 Camaro before I was born. He sold it because I was born. He thought he was going to kill himself in it. So he sold the car. And then he kind of regretted it. Later on, as I grew older and started to like cars with them. We regretted your birth or selling? Probably. Uh, a little <laughs> bit of both. That, that's a whole other story, though. Um, okay. um, but, yeah. So, then on my mom's side, I have an uncle that's really into cars. So, all three of us were doing things on the, uh, in Mexico. Um, and then one day, he decided that he wanted a car that didn't look fast, but ran like, you know, 12s, high 11s. And that's where that Miata came into play. And uh, yeah, so we bought that, then tried to pick on people when it was slow. And uh, it was slow. <laughs> um, and then we ended up turbocharging it. Then it ran like, you know, 12 fives on a, on a normal day. Then one of his friends told him about high speed autocross. And, you know, so I was always with him around. And then he decided to go out and try that one day. And, uh, he was awful at it because he still had the, the drag racing mentality, right? So he couldn't, he didn't know how to drive it both hands on a steering wheel, put it that way. Like downshifting was hectic for him. Um, but when I went there, that's where I first saw the uh, TH Motorsports STI back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me want a time attack car because I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the accelerated version. After that, you know, I started hanging out with them more, doing more autocross stuff. And I realized that I didn't really care for the one lap on my standing start thing. And then I went to the Autobahn uh, Global Time Attack event where I saw you guys' car. And um, I think I saw it was a GTR there. I thought it was pretty cool. And then that's why I was like, okay, submit it. I got to try Time Attack. I have to do this now. That's it. That's my story. That's like 2011? Me, 2011, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Crawford Performance. Oh, my God. Yeah, you Holy guys are old. Old. So... Uh, Crawford Performance and um, and uh, what's it called? No, what's his name? Oh, Tarzan? Or? Yeah, Tarzan. No, no, no. But the, what's his name? With the Evo. With the dragon on it. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, the stance car. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember but that guy's name. The, it was the TF the... car. Yeah, Dan knows. Dan talks to him. Who? With the, the red and yellow squid on the side. Are you, are you talking about Trent Choi? Thank you. God, that's all I needed. Yes, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was his. I mean, okay, fair. 
Yes, thank you. Okay, so there you go. That year, I assume, maybe that was 10, because I can't remember a year. I think it was raining in 11. I think it was 10. Yeah, because it was raining in 11 um, with with all that and radio and all that. So, And then the cars, uh, you know, crashing into things. Yeah, I was there for 11, too. Yeah. Very when, interesting. Yeah, when it was super wet and there, all the oil came out of the track, and that was an interesting day. And that then, was miserable. Typical Chicago weather. Yeah, and then the uh, freaking oil came out of the track, and then they had uh, what did what did oh. grid life what did, or not what did grid life what did Redline call that again? Uh, the uh, the time attack, the wheel to wheel race at the end of it, track battle. No, good life. What is it called? Um, I know it, but I don't know it. Yeah, it's at the tip of my tongue. Anyway, they had a wheel to wheel race after the fact, which is really cool to do with time attack cars, and uh, yeah, that was just a mess. Yeah, Miata took out the timing. It was good. It was real good. Anyway. That was fun. That's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, no doubt. We're talking about a long time ago, I guess. So, all right. Mike, you you go a, next. I'll right. go in age of order of age. So, oh, I thought it was beauty. Isn't that what you were going for? Oh. That's rude. Ouch. Carry on. So, I I don't know. I don't know where this started. Jeez. I always like things. I've always liked mechanical things, and cars are just a thing. And so, I fell into cars. Um, you know, started working on. I had a Maxinator. My Maxima, best thing ever. Um, you know, had neons mm. on it before neons were cool. So screw everybody. That's the first time that Mike will ever say that he was cool about anything regarding cars before oh, they yeah. were cool. Yeah, seriously, never cool because he's not cool about things. No, no, he has no he sense of cool. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> moving past that problem, uh, just always worked on car. You know what I mean? Like I, I like cars. I just like mechanical things. So I did that, and then. Um, and then my dad wanted to build a Factory 5 Shelby Cobra. So basically said, fuck it. And we did that. Um, unfortunately, I didn't, didn't get it finished before he passed away. But that was kind of my foray into actually building more racy car-ish kind of things. And um, so then I, the, from there, I came to Purdue, where I um, hung out with the Purdue Car Club and met Dan in the the group, I, I had done some autocrosses, I'd done some track days at Autobahn before that, but met the group at Purdue, and then they went to track days pretty often and went to autocrosses and stuff like that, and, and we went to Rantoul and uh, with the CSCC, whatever it was called, and, and all of them, Champaign County Sports Car Club, and then we went up to you know Peru for, for the autocross up there with the Corvette Club and the SCCA and stuff like that, and then we went to Autobahn, and we went to Gingerman and stuff like that, so decent amount of track stuff in the middle of Purdue. And then, and then I met Dan through the car club. He didn't go to Purdue, but he, you know, worked with one of the the people in the club. And then all of a sudden, Dan and I are living together, and we go to a track day together. And great, so that's now how we knew each other. And then Dan goes, "I want to do this thing called Time Attack." And I'm like, "What's that?" He goes, "You just drive around, try to set a fast lap time. That's stupid." And he said, "Okay, so we go and do it anyway." We decided we needed a clutch, so we get a clutch, put it in the Evo. This is the original Evo Seven, by the way put a clutch in the Evo 7, get all that figured out, and then go take it and start running Time Attack in late, what, 2008, right? And then and then into 2009, it became more of a thing. We went to five events, I think, and we met a bunch of cool people and then just didn't stop doing stuff from there. Like, it just got more and more aggressive. Dan can talk about Grant. Okay, well. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, stern but fair <laughs> all right dad how about you okay for me um my interest in cars goes way back to 
um, I think video games. Yeah, Gran and, Turismo. Gran Turismo, yeah, but even as to can like Need for Speed. Don't you ah? Oh, <laughs> God, first, I hate that game. I wow, hate that game. Wow, it struck a goddamn chord. Yeah, <laughs> need for Speed Underground. It's like what the fuck? No, are you no. Talking? Hey, uh, Mike, I'm older than that. So you're need right, for that's Speed. Need for Speed on computer. What was that? Well, yeah, no. what was that eight bit game that that you play like like you own, like Atari only had like two ways you only can go back and forth like three spaces. What's Test that drive game called? Whatever, Test right? drive. Yeah. So yeah, I played uh, a lot of pole position. Test drive. Yeah, pole position. That was a thing. Yep. Aiden, you're not too young. Nope. So, but, but <laughs> retro Speed, video game. Need for Speed was done by Car and Driver, I think, and so they on I had played it on PlayStation. And they had uh, videos of each one of the cars they covered. And one was like the RX-7. I think maybe even the Super. I don't know. My brain ain't so good at remembering things. But then Need for Speed 2 came out. And I would play it with my buddies when I was, you know, probably 10 or 11 or something. And we'd play for eight hours a day, like legit. And then I'd watch all the videos about the cars. Um, That's why you can't remember anything. Your brain yeah. is melting. That's true. <laughs> and then I would go to um, what's called a library, and I would, I would check out books on what like, Lamborghini. What, what are books? Car. Books. Um, they're like web pages that you you have to like physical? touch and feel made of dead trees. It's kind of interesting. Wow. Dead cellulose. Like, we, I didn't have a subscription to Road and Track or anything, but I would just go and I would read one road and track, then another, then another, and then another. And just, I would, it was crazy, like, the amount of knowledge that I took in in a very short period of time. And I remember um, when I was, like, a freshman and sophomore in high school, I think maybe I finally got a road and track subscription. So I'd take the magazines to class, and then I'd hide them inside, like, my math book, and I'd be reading them in class. And I would get in trouble so much from the teachers because... Uh, I just I didn't care about school. I, all I cared about were cars. Um, this is before working on them, before doing anything like that. I think right when I was about a sophomore, I worked as like a diesel mechanic apprentice for a short period of time and kind of just got my first taste of like learning about how mechanical things work. But when I was a kid, I was always like, I think, Mike, we've talked about this. We would disassemble stuff and reassemble stuff all the time. So I mostly disassemble. But yeah, yes. mostly disassemble. But I but like my mom had a Mac, uh, a PowerBook 150, I think, which was like some ungodly expensive, like $2,500 laptop that was like four color, um, four color grayscale. And I took that thing apart and I reassembled it and it still worked, which like, I mean, $2,500 laptop messing with it was a very, very big deal in my family. So the fact that I got it back together and it still functioned was kind of amazing and i moved out to iowa and i met grant the other team member who um is not on the podcast and um went to high school with him and he introduced me to people that had freaking cool cars like supras and nsx ferraris this and that and it's just like was one more thing that just bit the bug you know just totally or the bug bit me probably that's more accurate <laughs> Um, stop eating the bugs. Bug was so weird. <laughs> yeah, that bug was bitter, bitter as hell. <laughs> and then, and and my mom had a an Accord, an automatic Accord, and just started modifying that thing and doing dumb high school kid stuff, and kind of amazed that I survived. And 
from there it was like it was just game over that was it was like car stuff um nonstop. i had a um a uh, real drive NSX that I bought. NSX, I wish. A real drive Del Sol <laughs> that I bought from. Oh, that's, that's a completely different. different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not even close. It, yeah, yeah, on what planet? Close. It's, it's <laughs> mid in June. Real drive Del Sol, way yeah. cooler than an actual NSX. I had um, a Ferrari. My bad, my bad. It was really an Odyssey. My bad, it was a Fiero. I had a, I had a H22 Honda Accord. I had a Toyota Celica Alltrack. Um, I, that that Accord had nitrous, uh, <laughs> and it was it was like learning one thing after another after another of break something, how to fix something. Um, amazingly, not much stuff broke, which kind of doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, a supercharged BMW M3, um, that and that's there. and that's about the time I met Mike. I had a, a EM1 Civic Si at the same time, and once I got old enough to where I had a little bit of money and I was hanging out um, at Purdue with all these college kids, we were working on freaking projects nonstop over and over. The entire time we're playing video games uh, like Gran Turismo and Forza, and it's telling you about all these upgrades. I got big into Sport Compact Car Magazine. Uh, shout out to Dave Coleman, who freaking changed my life for the negative <laughs> Probably, um, but his writing style of teaching you tech stuff while making it seem fun was like exactly what I needed. And and then learning from Mike, who's got this engineering background, um, where he's teaching me lessons that he learned um, from Purdue and from the uh, schools he went to, but in a way that they were applicable to in real life it was just epic. And it it was um, I started doing Time Attack. I, I remember saying, because I went big into debt for that, I think I spent about 30 grand uh, between oh, yeah. the Evo and the first year, year and a half of Time Attack. But that was like my college education um, because I learned how everything mechanical worked. And then that applied to anything like building a computer, you know, working on a house, working, you know, friggin' whatever you want. All of it applies. And um, I don't know. It was, it was super cool. So that's how I. That's how I got in the cars and how I met Mike and, and rolled into Devin and all that. But it's um I feel like super nostalgic in a very positive way, even just thinking back on it. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, how do you start? Wow. Yeah, and when we first got into time attack, Mike and I, um, with Grant and, and everyone else, dude, there's like a million people that I'm not gonna be able yeah, to remember. Everybody. Everyone involved yeah. that helped out and um we freaking kicked ass. So we we just started out, you know, started out like okay, the this goal is attainable. Like the first year was just about learning, and then it was like let's start winning. And um, it makes me like uh, like I really want to go back to that lifestyle of of being at the track and like one fun weekend after another. It felt like, and I like I I'll talk to you real quick, Mike. Like, how did we have the time to do this? It's like right now, life seems school's easy. Anybody who says school's hard, you're an idiot. No school offense. is very. Easy. <laughs> I, I mean, in the, so easy. So much like, more time. The, like, don't even yeah. start with me. Oh my gosh. The three fucking the, easy. Yeah, but that's that's why we had plenty of time. We had we had plenty of time because we I'd work on it all day, and then I would do my homework kind of, and then. Purdue, you know, like you tell, you talk about the schools and Purdue teaching me things. Unfortunately, Purdue didn't teach me as much as I, I wanted want to teach me. But anyway, we had, you know, we just we just busted ass to get it all done. 
And we worked on it a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot more yeah. than we work on it now, just because when you're in school, God, there's so much time available. If you don't have time so to do much. something while you're in school, you're not going to have time to do it in real life. Like the second you get a real job, you're screwed. So don't act like you're going to have time once you get a real job. But yeah, that was it. I mean, it was just, I it was just all the time in the world, all the time in the world and, and having fun while you're doing it and, and just making barely enough money and whatever. It didn't matter. You're like, you're not trying to save for anything. It's not real life. Like back before I actually knew you guys, like, I always thought you guys like, damn, these guys are fucking dominant. Like, they're all engineers. They're all super smart. That's what they told. Like, like, man, people wrote articles. They're all like three engineers from Purdue, and it's like, no. Yeah, I was That's like, I was, I was told, you know, what? I'm not going to approach them. They're probably assholes. Fuck those guys. They stop winning. <laughs> we are assholes. I, was <laughs> I think after, like, I talked to you guys like briefly on and off. Like throughout, you know, like when I drove my car down to Road Atlanta in 14, which was a, a mistake. But yep. like after the um, after the wreck at Road Atlanta, that's when I thought you guys were human, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, they are normal people. Oh, they're poor, too. Oh, no, <laughs> we have a lot in common. I mean, that, that, that was yeah, that was a, that was an interesting problem on that day. But but yeah, I mean, it just it just the difference, I think, between what you know, we tried to do. And I don't, I mean, I, I think that everybody does it. I don't, I'm not saying that we did it better. It's just that we like to learn. Like I don't, we don't learn necessarily because of necessity, even though some of the, you know, some of the racing makes you learn faster, right? You have to get better to beat people, but it was just, it's fun to learn. Sure. And so we, we try to learn as much as we can with about everything we can and that's it. And we, that was, that was part of the fun of it. So I think that that helped us push because we wanted to learn everything and then when we did lose we were very competitive so that means it's, it's also the competitive in the pride side right that also can drive you to want to learn things faster or, or learn yeah. how that such and such beat me like you can't just be money never money i think i said no. it before like turning concepts was a big push at the beginning because they would beat us and couldn't figure out how they were i think they were a driver for really getting suspensions to work better things like that because that car was was quick and um you know, would, it was killing us. It make you feel so good about getting destroyed at the same time. Yeah, they're because they were helpful. Guys. Yeah, they were unbelievably like you know an open book. They teach us anything, and or they were willing to even learn from us and stuff like that. And all the time, like you're you know you're hanging out with them and grabbing a bite to eat or something. Like these are the coolest dudes. And you go to the track and they just beat you senseless and and no no mercy and. uh Somehow that works. I think that's kind of, you know, maybe the time of that community in general. Um, as it grows bigger, yeah. maybe it's kind of losing some of that. Um, Intimacy. Yeah. And the friend, the friendly rivalry. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. people, I mean, I think it's serious. I'm not saying that I, I don't think it's serious, but I think that people then take themselves too seriously and they mm-hmm. step out of who they are. And I don't think we step out of who we are. Generally, no, I mean, you're helping, you're helping the other well, I mean, when you think of a limited time attack, you think of the Evo, Integra, and the Civic, right? And I mean, how many times do you help uh, James with stuff, and like, or even offer to help other people? Like, yeah. I think the time attack, like the core people that you think of when you think time attack, these select teams or people, they usually all are willing to help you with anything, you know, either be faster than they are, right? Like, I'll help anybody be faster than I am, you know? Yeah, at least, I mean, at least, yeah, if we can answer some questions. I mean, we've always been open with those guys and stuff like that. We we haven't, you know, we haven't shied away from answering questions. And it's funny because people think, you know, I think people have a tendency to think, you know, oh, they won't help or they don't know or anything like that. Or like, 
that will give you second rate stuff, right? Like right. I've, I've seen that before where people think we're going to give you a second rate product or, or we won't help you because you're competing against us. And, and it's quite the opposite. We give you as good as we can, as good as we can, period. Better and a lot of the times it's better than what we've got because you're willing to spend the money that we don't have. So that happens a lot. I mean, we, we, we have designed better packages for everybody else because they, you know, because they're willing to spend the money for an updated aero package or an updated suspension or updated um, transmission or something. We can't afford it, but they're willing to spend the money for it. So generally people get better than what we have and we're not afraid to do that. Right. So it's a weird thing. Weird yeah. world. No, I do no. remember when we were, I think we even kind of had a discussion about like how open we were going to be on, on what we've learned. Yeah. And, and it, we, we pretty quickly came to the conclusion like, um, all the knowledge is already out there. If we can make it so where it's more concise and like kind of a, uh, a neat little package, um, that is helpful. But still, it takes uh, an attention to detail right. level that most people aren't willing to do to take all that combined knowledge and make it into a, a workable package. Right. And, and yeah, it, it's we've said this before is that that you can have all the parts in the world but all the parts in the world don't help you if you don't do it right you have to you have to make a package that makes sense so like a a lot of people build cars right and they go for power or they go for you know suspension or they go for aero and they think that like you know turning these one knobs is going to do it and it's like no it's not that it's a a bunch of knobs that you turn together that kind of build a package that makes sense, right? In a exactly. sequence, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and, and and yeah, we we did. We had that conversation. I remember it distinctly. That said, you know, people always act like my favorite thing in the world is when people act like they're doing something super top secret. I'm gonna give you a hint. Ready? PSA, everybody, you're not fucking special. You're not doing anything <laughs> that somebody hasn't already done 20 years ago. Just remember that. All you're doing is maybe applying it a little bit differently or putting the package together. You're not special. Just apply fundamentals. Stop trying to find a silver bullet and just play the game like a normal freaking person and you'll do well. That's it. Like we didn't do anything. We're not, we didn't do anything magical, right? And, and it's anything all these magical people. we tried failed. And everything magical. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's because it doesn't work. And it takes, and the magic bullet, if you want these magic bullets, the magic bullets take so much time and energy that you're taking away from every other fundamental that you could just be doing that entire time, right? We, we, people spend so long trying to buy these ultra awesome suspensions and all this stuff and optimize everything. And they don't even take tire temps. Why are you doing that? You don't even know what your suspension is doing. You don't even have tire temps. You don't have shock pots. Why do you have tens of thousands of dollars of suspension when you don't know what the rest of it's doing? It doesn't make sense. Both these on, the internet told me that I can drop 10 seconds. All right? So I just spent $10,000 in fucking shocks, and they're just supposed to work when I bought them on. Magic. Just let it do it. Like Click it off. Be done with it. Oh, and if you have somebody who's smart who helped you set those up, sure, that's probably worth it. It's probably afford. I mean, like, like, and you can afford it. Like, that's great. Do what you want. But the whole point is that people are like being super secret about their cars. I'm gonna tell you what: you're not doing anything special. Enjoy that. Whatever. There's very few people who have come up with fundamentally things that are crazy and different than anything else out there. They are very few and far between, and they just generally do not happen. So it's probably not going to be you. If you do. More power to you. I'm happy for you. Good job. We'll copy you soon. But <laughs> it's unlikely, right? It's unlikely. All these things have been done multiple times 
over and over and over again, if not in our series, in, in, in F1, in LMP, in GT, in GTLM, in something, Can-Am. Like, that's the point. Stop trying. The reason why we decided not to hide anything is because why would we? Because we're not doing anything special. We're just applying basic engineering to build a car as well as we can. And for us, that includes making it affordable as we can because we're cheap-ass people. And yeah. that's, that's basically what it comes down to. So I love when people are like being all sneaky about what they're doing next. It's like, that's cool. Enjoy that. I don't get it, but whatever. You cool, right? Like, uh, <laughs> you got it. Got it. Don't, don't make no sense to me, <laughs> but enjoy that. Like, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a question for you, Devin. So how big into drag racing were you like? Oh, like, we did everything. We did. Uh, so I guess you can call it. So we did like no light racing. So what, what is grudge racing today? Uh, we did bracket uh, at US 41 and at Great Lake Dragway uh, for import series. Uh, back, back when AMS only had 240s and just started touching Evos. Shoot. Oh, man. Like we, we used to go to St. Louis, like Gateway Park. We used to go down to Indy. So we used to do a lot of it, man. Like my dad's friends are still pretty big into it. Uh, I mean, honestly, I want to build a drag car too. Now that I'm 30 minutes from Great Lakes, so and um, was ready to pull out his wallet and pull out oh, absolutely throw it down on top of a car. Boy, I was thinking about that Fox body with a LS. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't get me, don't get me started. But um, yeah, man. I mean, we're still we're still big into it. I just don't talk about it as much because you know I drive a Honda now. But yeah, man. <laughs> Well, um, now, my next question for you, and this maybe ties back into a little bit of what Mike was um, talking about. Do you think about ranting? That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, venting. I think it was more venting. He might be either way. Fire. Whatever. Just have to let him go. Uh, <laughs> um, do you think <laughs> any of the any of the knowledge from drag racing has helped in track racing? Oh, wow. Um, Is that transferable at all? Yes, in different ways. Some of it, like uh, I can shift really fast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Can can you hit the brakes? uh, You can probably hide things pretty well. Drag racers always think they're hiding things. You can, you you typically can try to, well, in time attack, it's kind of like, I don't really care. Like, are you, I'll tell you how much power I'll make. In drag racing, that was a a lot of it was hiding and bullshitting. Right. Well, like grudge racing, they, there's no rules, right? There's not there's not that rule, right? There's not a limit. It's a little different. Yeah, Time it's check, it's a, like yeah. how you apply it, but grudge racing, it's like grudge racing is who can lie better. I mean, I'm not gonna right. lie to you. It's just like <laughs> yeah. who can who can who can sell bullshit better than another person, right? So um <laughs> but other than that, like you you do learn some suspension things, like how load goes, because you want to unload the front as soon as possible in drag racing, right? So um but other than that. At, at the speed I was going, uh, which, you know, was 11s or higher, uh, you, it's pretty much easy. Like, fuck, most stock cars can do that these days. Yeah. I think once you get into that that eight mount, like, that eight to nine range, uh, like, ah, I used to pit for a crew that um, ran 850s all day, like, without a uh, governor or anything. And it would carry the wheels about 30 feet, seven down, run 850s. On a bad day, it'll run, like, 870s. And that was, you know, all for his bracket. So that taught me a lot of like how to set up a car. But initially, I didn't know how to 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 apply it to a road racing car until actually I started talking with Mike and things like that. So yes and no, I guess to answer okay. your question. <laughs> something that I think that when Mike's saying that, you know, it's all been done before, and 
um, I agree with them completely. Like there's there's nothing super unique that I've ever seen come out um, in the time attack world that's like blown my mind. But I'm wondering how much is transferable from other disciplines um, because they come from a background that is unique to to your challenges. They might have a different way of finding a solution to the problem. And I was thinking that some of that diversity might be what could be helpful um, in the future going forward in time attack. And it doesn't really apply to, you know, our topic or whatever we're talking about today, but it's something that, that with Mike eloquently speaking about how everyone is not special. No one is snowflakes. Um, I think there is something that could be mined a little bit. If um, we kind of look to, uh, good competitors in fields that are different than time attack. And I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. Well, for me, what it comes down to is like, I think that's a, a great crossover for that is uh, drifting because drift cars became circle track cars. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the, the rear suspension setups and all that became circle track cars. So once somebody figured out, oh yeah, circle track cars go around the track sideways, you know, dirt circle cars go around dirt track sideways and they're drifting the whole time and they're pulling tires up and it looks really cool and they have a lot of control and, you know, the whole suspension is set up to be able to handle that kind of immense power and, and continue, you know, in control. Once they figured that out, everybody went that way relatively quickly. I think that's one of those times where they took a different discipline and then they applied it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's interesting when that happens. And a lot of people will copy you really fast because that's what happened. And then they had to clamp down on that and be like, okay, these cars aren't, you know, they're not representative anymore. They've gone the NASCAR route, if you will, where... Where these cute little bodies on the same, you know, same chassis aren't fun anymore. Yeah. It's uh, plug and play, copy paste. Right. I mean, exactly. Same thing in drag racing. I mean, everything's pretty copy and paste. Like, I mean, you go to a drag ship, you're gonna see your Transmiral birds and your your Mustangs, and um, every like everybody in the grid racing scene now, everybody has LS Turbo something, right? It's like uh, it's really copy and paste. It's like how big a turbo you can fill in your LS, that's what we're running. Whoever can put the power down today, that's who wins. Who, what's I mean, the pretty, biggest hole size you can put in your hood to fit the turbo? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much. I mean, if you want to go single, do you go? Do you go twin? I mean, it's 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 really easy these days. It, it's like Mike said. It's uh, for top drifting. It's drag racing the same way. You pick whatever your favorite box Chevy or whatever you want. Put a turbo LS in, it, and that's what we're going to do today. It's so much easier to make power than it used to be. Yeah, right. I mean, well, I'm, I'll, I'll, let's that, say it, like it's so much easier to make above a thousand horsepower than it used to be. I'll say there that. you now, go. Is that because people have figured it out, or because technology's come a further way? Technology's come very far. Come further way. Yeah. But I remember price, when I was at import drag racing. I told. I remember telling my dad, I "Was like, when these these VA guys figure out that turbos work, everybody's going to have one. Like, it doesn't make sense for them not to." I mean, back when we we were driving, it was oh yeah, whatever, no Big no lock. replacement for displacement. Yeah, Big look at this. Oh, nitrous, nitrous is better. I got no lag. I got fucking three hundred shot of nitrous and eight hundred cubic inches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember going to Great Lakes, multiple kits, big block Chevys, like that's all it was. And I remember my import wake up call was when a freaking Dodge Stealth, a VR4, you know, a 3000 GT, basically oh. a Dodge Stealth, yeah. freaking bounced off its wheels and ran an 1120. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Like, they like lifted up off the ground, levitated like 16 feet forward, and then like, you know, shot out of the gate. It was like the weirdest launch I've ever seen in my life, but it got out pretty well. And I was like, what did I just watch? 
And then that guy came back, I and I remember the next year he ran like tens, and I was like, uh, what the? F-? And that changed that changed the world. Yeah, that that changed the world for me. I was like, damn, that's interesting. That thing has a big ass wing on it. I wonder if that's useful. Because yeah, you know, that's what I remember seeing the uh, uh, DSM uh, second gen Eclipse. It was silver, and uh, uh, Ivan from AMS had his K twenty K twenty four. This is Nissan K twenty four. Right. And they both ran like nines. And I'm like, what the little those are four cylinders. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, there's that was a that was different because I was so I was like you. I was used to Fox bodies. I was used to I was used mm-hmm. to, you know, G bodies and stuff like that. And 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 all of a sudden that stealth was a very weird thing to see. I saw a couple of NA Hondas and stuff like that. And you know, we're talking B series, D series stuff back in the day and, and and barely turboed yet, but still, and you know, they weren't running bad. They were running thirteens or twelves or something, some of them, you know, high twelves. And I was like yeah, pretty that, cool. I was yeah. like, that's yeah, that's not bad. And I, I was like, you know, I, I walked through the 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 pit there, you know, and and I'm like I swear, I've probably got some pictures from that too. Jesus, but anyway, um, this is when cameras weren't on everybody's in pocket. Sorry, and, you know, your, your Polaroid. You had to actually, yeah, you had to actually <laughs> want to take a picture of something. Um, yeah, you had to make Kodak. sure that it was what you wanted, and it was a good picture. Very rare. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, delete. Yeah, you have to delete actually develop those. <laughs> Let me get your cane, uh, Jesus Christ. Right. No, it was, uh, it was bad. I did have a Polaroid though. Anyway, um, yeah, it was it was a different thing, and I and that I I liked drag racing at first, but the second that I did my first autocross or track day, I was done. I, drag racing never came back again. I didn't care anymore. So I mean, I would say that too. Like time attack is it's fun, and you know all the road course stuff, but I still I still have a passion for drag racing in my heart. Like when I took my took the S two thousand drag racing, like. I tried not to act like I was like really into it, but I was really into it. I, I think I, I it's more of I like beating up on cars that have like in my head, I think have this impression that, you know, I've got some fast and furious car. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm about to whoop your ass now. No, that was fun. And uh, that was fun with uh, another one of our friends, Andy. Uh, he, had a, he had a Turbo Civic and we'd go to 41 with that and uh, all of them. Nobody knew what that car would run, and it was and it was quick, mm-hmm. and it was so funny to watch all the you know big block guys, G body guys, stuff like that, all looking at it like ha ha ha, you know he's got slicks on it, and they're laughing at him and stuff like that, and and then he makes a pass, and everyone's like, hmm, hmm. that's interesting. Well, well then, well then, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everybody turns into a proper English gentleman at that point. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I think that's. I think that's fun as well. And, and that's why I like the insight, right? That's why I like the insight. The insight's a fun that's thing. True. Yeah. It's quick and nobody knows what's going to happen. And, and it's so quiet to start with. And then you pull up next to a Corvette or a Mustang and then you say goodbye to them. And then you run, you know, you get 50 miles of the gallon while you drive away from them. And that's great. That's true. That Prius is quite surprising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pri- Pri- <laughs> every, time, every time you a little Prius. <laughs> he dies a little bit inside. Mm. No, I'm, I'm good with it. Freezes are great. It's your fault. <laughs> so is that like it? I said, is man, it? You, you just don't know. Cool. Is it confirmed? Professional awesome uh, giving up time attack for drag racing next year? Oh God, no, no, no. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I'm giving up life. Oh, they were off the Evo. Come on, bro. Mike, Mike quits. <laughs> we have to be something else. Got to make all the powers now. You're right. We're now um, awesome professionals. Awesome professionals, yeah. Yep, yep. But but yeah, I don't know. I don't mind going drag racing occasionally, but 
maybe maybe more than we do. thing. But yeah, maybe more than we do now, which is none. But I don't think I could get that big into it. It'd be difficult to really be all into drag racing all the time. I think I don't. I don't know. It just doesn't rub me the right way. I feel That's like fair. I feel like it's even further. I mean, time attack. You at least get maybe one or two laps before your car blows up. But that's if what you, you think. Can make it down to. I mean, I said at least. I said at least. Sometimes, sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's more. Sometimes you're less. But like drag racing, you sometimes you don't even like make it down to the strip laps. before it blows up. Like that's true. So drag racing is, is tougher on drivetrain. Just that's your initial shock is pretty violent. But I mean, but like your average sea time, right? Like the faster you go, like if you spend what two minutes in a drag car you had a long season so yeah yeah Yeah, long time i try to tell people like one lap on a time attack you know on one track for a time attack car like a high strung time attack car is like five passes on a drag strip yeah and like pretty accurate yeah it's like oh god you know that's why that's why they they don't last very long because they have to handle that and then they have to handle turning and braking at the same time yeah so that's why they don't last that long. It's sad, but it is what it is. You get over it. And you gotta be exact. Like five seconds on like an eight second or faster car. Right. Like yeah. five passes on a twelve second cars. That's your daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You start getting five seconds in the eights and on in most things, then you're like, oh, okay. All right, this is gonna fucking blow up soon. Yeah, I gotta go check parents or something. When am I throwing the rod? That's when you start having log books of, of run times. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I gotta gotta freshen this up now. Next axle breaks. Who I wish to be axle. That'd be nice. That's cheap at least. That's cheap when you problems. have that AutoZone lifetime warranty. I mean, I'm not saying I've done that before, but you know, I know I knew a friend before. that did it a couple of times. Yep. Uh-huh. You have an S2000. You got those lifetime AutoZone rotors too, then. Ooh, shh! Come on now, we sitting too many facts on this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so that's how we got to where we are, by yeah. being terrible people. What a start. Yeah, doing weird, cool stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, sure. No, I mean, it, it, I just, everybody that, you know, if if you want to, like, leave it on something that is for everybody else, it's just that, just do it. Like, I hate, I hate that, you know, people want this and that and whatever to start getting into something just go and hang out with some people and and do it and enjoy it and have fun with it because all of us just went out and did something like it it wasn't special it wasn't like some magical moment where somebody came up to us and and offered us a hand and said i'm going to take you somewhere and you're going to enjoy this no. <laughs> Wow, that so came up really man's deep. Got a white man is ready to sweep you off your feet. <laughs> yeah. In the non, in the non, you know, creepy van this way. Turned Move dark down. real quick. Anyway, yeah. No one's going to drag you to the track to enjoy it. I mean, maybe somebody will when you get older, but no one's going to drag you to the track to enjoy it. Just go and enjoy it. Like, sure go do something. It. Just try something. It does like even if it's not track days and stuff like that. Go try an autocross. People shit like everyone's gonna dislike what you do. There's gonna be someone who's gonna dislike what you're gonna do anyway. But if it's even remotely interesting to you, just go do it and see what it's like. And if you don't like it, move on to the next thing. It doesn't matter. There is no commitment here. And uh, I think that's what people get afraid of is they just don't even give it. They don't. They don't take that first step, right? They don't yeah. try at all to take yeah, that I mean, first they're step. They're afraid. No, I mean, and, being like, I mean, no regret. For me, I obviously I don't have really really all that much background at all, but. Starting out at Purdue, I I had started with the the same car club that Mike had what built. I mean, close. I mean, I didn't yeah. build, I didn't build yeah. Papa. I built App. I didn't build oh. Papa. I just was president for a long time. 
Okay. So okay. Him so much anyway. Credit. Okay. Yeah, a sprinkle credit. of sprinkle of credit. Anyway. No, I, I mean I joined I joined the club and I was in and out of it for a little while and I just happened to show up on the day that Mike gave a presentation of Ask Me Anything and then I listened to him for two hours. Sit Wait, down yeah. and shit on everything. And it was <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> amazing! It I was. Love Devin's, I love Devin's laugh. <laughs> it, it, it's so it genuine. because yeah, he knows it's true. It's got so many facts. <laughs> I was <laughs> there, and I know it's true. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what he did for two hours, and I was, I was, I, I loved it. I loved it. And then, by the way, I kind of need some somebody to do some video or something. And then I was like, I guess I can try. And that's that's all it was. And then I got in the door. And now, now here I am. Uh, yeah. With with the team going around doing stuff. Did uh, I lie to you about it? Absolutely not. There you go. There was nothing that's to lie fair. about. Yeah, people oh, trying yeah. to do things they shouldn't do. That's all. No. I mean, that take, take a lot for you, Hayden, to, to, to even volunteer yourself after you just got to be shitting on everybody in the room to be like, I'll, I'll try video. Because no, I guess I, guess I want to yeah, be no, part no, of the room. Great. It was great. I was like, I want to learn. So that that's kind of how that went. I don't know. I got on the team kind of in a weird way. I don't even know how. I think I just showed. I just. I think I texted Mike one day. I was like, "I'm passing your house. Can I come by?" And I think I asked. I, asked, I thought you oh, messaged yeah. and said something like, "Hey guys, I'm on the team." And you're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> now I remember. <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. Like, hey, guess what? New member. What's up? All right, cool. Yeah, I don't even remember. I think you were. Yeah, I don't know. You were just asking questions or something, and and we had obviously talked before that. But you wanted to meet up and, and talk, and that's when you we had more real conversations about what you wanted to do and stuff like that. So that's where things got a little more exciting, I guess. But final point, just go for it. Go try something new. Never know where it'll go. So lastly, I will let Mike do the, the good old outro and uh, tell everybody about all of our links and stuff. Thank you for listening to Hypercritical Radio brought to you by Professional Awesome. If you'd like to get a hold of us, uh, you can get us at Facebook at Professional Awesome, Instagram Professional Awesome Racing. You can get a hold of us at Sales at Professional Awesome. Go to the website, professionalawesome.com. If you have an electric car you're building, please let us know because we're into that kind of thing. And that's all we've got for you today. Yes, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Psst. It's that time again, boys. I need those goddamn reviews. You can say that Devin is forcing you to do them, or you can leave some genuine feedback, and I'll be sure to read them and get them back to the boys. In the meantime, you can join our Facebook group, which is Professional Awesome Technical Forum. You can follow us on Instagram at Professional Awesome Racing, and we have a Facebook regular page with the same name. But until then, we'll talk to you later, and we really appreciate you listening.